I'd like to begin this special Christmas podcast with a little story. This is about Bill W., the founder of Alcoholics Anonymous. It was 1934, and he was in Towns Hospital, then located on Central Park West, for what was to be his last detox. His wife was resolved to have him committed should he relapse, and there he had what he calls his hot flash experience, and this is what he later wrote about it. My depression deepened unbearably, and finally it seemed to me as though I were at the bottom of the pit. I still gagged badly on the notion of a power greater than myself, but finally, just for the moment, the last vestige of my proud obstinacy was crushed. All at once I found myself crying out, If there is a God, let him show himself. I am ready to do anything, anything. Suddenly, the room lit up with a great white light. I was caught up into an ecstasy which there are no words to describe. It seemed to me in my mind's eye that I was on a mountain and that a wind not of air but of spirit was blowing. And then it burst upon me that I was a free man. Now Bill W. felt himself to be at a desperate, hopeless dead end. But still, an invisible yet tangible messenger broke through, radically transforming Bill's life. And by extension, countless other lives, of course through Alcoholics Anonymous and the other 12-step programs that grew from that. Our ancestors in faith would call experiences like what Bill W. described an angel. This is the angelic. We notice in the Bible that the angelic seems to be stirred during times when we're feeling confusion or when things are chaotic. For example, the annunciations to both Mary and Joseph. They didn't understand what was happening, what God was doing, and they were afraid. In fact, Joseph wanted to run away from the whole scene, but the angelic intervened to give him guidance. We also see in the stories of the women at Jesus' tomb. They're totally disoriented and in mourning over the death of Jesus, and there they see angels. In liminal times, that means in between times, these can also be thin spaces where the angelic is most accessible. For example, when Jesus is in the desert confronting darkness and archetypal energies. Angels also come to us when we're in deep resistance to God's call. For example, like Jacob, he wrestles with the angel and is wounded, and that has the effect of grounding him, and now he can't run away. The angelic might make itself known in our lives in times of doubt or despair, or when we're being overwhelmed by perhaps emotions of bitterness or resentment that are in need of healing or in moments where we're facing major life choices and things to do with our vocation. Sometimes we make wrong turns in life, and the angelic works like a divine GPS to get us back on track. Here's a little spiritual exercise you might try. Make a life graph noting threshold moments. How and through whom have you experienced the angelic in those times? I have to say for myself, I don't think I would have made it this far if it weren't for my own guardian angel. 
Now here's an important caveat as we reflect on, on the angelic. Let's not confuse angels with magical thinking. That is, I really want something, my ego wants it, and then it happens, and therefore it's angelic. For example, the angelic is not going to intervene so that I may gain something without the necessary effort and work. Now the angelic might appear dramatically as it did with Bill W. in his hospital room, but most of us will will be invited to receive these messengers in subtle, quiet ways. We will be touched by angels through others who enter our lives at just the right moment with guidance and wisdom. Perhaps there will be a dream that gives us clarity and new direction through its symbolism. The angelic might communicate through synchronicities. That's when we seem to encounter a certain theme or word or image recurring everywhere. And we sense that this is more than coincidence. Deep intuitions that are impossible for us to ignore also serve to guide, to warn, and teach us as well. Affirming our belief in angels also invites us to rediscover enchantment. And this is an invitation to live a more soulful life. And when I say enchantment, what I mean by that is that reality is actually very mysterious. We're in the constant presence of the mysterious God who cares about us and wants what is best for us. When we rediscover our sense of enchantment, that we live in an enchanted world, we let go of the illusion that we are self-made, but that rather we have received many gifts from this mysterious benevolent power that has been trying to work in our lives. Enchantment, in a way, is the opposite of entitlement. We come to see all as mysterious gift. As we journey through this Christmas season, we will see reminders of angels everywhere. They're in our lectionary readings, our Christmas carols, our favorite holiday films, and on top of the Christmas trees. I invite you to pay attention to these many synchronous signs of angelic presence and to open your heart to the mysterious power that longs to guide us to healing, wholeness, and peace through the presence of these sacred messengers in our lives, the angels. And with that, let's go into a few moments of meditation. And Merry Christmas.